All right, if you have your Bibles with you, turn to Job chapter 14. Job chapter 14. Again, we're still looking at Job's response to Zophar's speech. So Zophar made a speech in chapter 11, and then Job's reply has taken up chapters 12, 13, and 14. And we're coming to a a passage of scripture today, which we quote quite often, um, usually during times of funerals. And it's Job chapter 14 and verse 1. Man that is born of woman is of few days and full of trouble. And what Job is explaining here is the brevity of life, how quickly um, life passes us by. And what I want to look at today is a, a, a phrase that we kind of, an idiom that we use quite often, here today, gone tomorrow. Um, normally we talk about that in terms of maybe physical possessions. Um, you know, we've got it one minute, nothing lasts forever, and then before you know it, it's gone. And, and the purpose behind that expression, here today, gone tomorrow, is just to explain the swiftness of things, the fact that things don't last. And that's true for our lives as well. Here today, gone tomorrow. But that's not the, the case for the believer. So what I want to look at for us is here today, gone tomorrow, but back again. Um, because whether people believe it or not, and um, you know, I've had a couple of conversations, really interesting, uh, what John spoke on last Sunday and then Andrew um, speaking on in the night there. When you talk about the eternal state and then um, the rapture of the church, it's quite interesting how many people, how many Christians don't believe in that portion of the Bible. Um, they don't believe in um, the second coming of Christ to, to uh, redeem Israel. They don't believe in the rapture of the church taking place before uh, the tribulation. Um, our position as a church uh, is we are a pre-tribulation rapture church. That's what we believe the Bible says. The Lord Jesus Christ will return to his church after he raptures the church, our oh, raptures not mentioned in the Bible, therefore it doesn't exist. The words harpazo, which means to snatch away. Once the church is snatched away, then the tribulation takes place. The tribulation is not for the church. The tribulation is for Israel. That's why the Bible refers to it as the day of Jacob's trouble. So um, uh, for the church, we'd be raptured. Uh, we'll be with the Lord. There'll be a seven-year period of tribulation on the earth. And then the Lord Jesus Christ, at his second coming, returns to the earth. There are promises that God has made to Israel that have yet to be fulfilled. Christ has not sat on an earthly throne. If you remember, Israel were looking for a kingdom. Even after the cross, the disciples said, Lord, is this the time? Is your kingdom coming? Not yet. There are some things that, that have to happen. Um, Israel has to go through the tribulation. Israel has to be redeemed and saved as a nation. Israel has to look on him whom they've pierced and say, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. And then the Lord Jesus Christ returns. Well, the Lord said he's gone to prepare a place for us and that where he is, we will be also. Um, If that uh, is the case, he's going to come back and receive us unto himself. And as a result, we will always be with him. So if he is returning to the earth at the second coming, guess what? We are coming with him to return to the earth. So, here today, we're living right now, gone tomorrow, because guess what? Unless the Lord raptures the church, we're going to go through um, death's door uh, and promote the glory. 
but we'll be back again. So um, that's what we're going to look at tonight. Here today, gone tomorrow, but back again. And we can say now with confidence because of what Christ achieved at the cross of Calvary. He conquered death, hell and the grave. Grave has no fear for us now as believers. There is no sting in death. There's no victory in the grave. And to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. But we also recognise that being here today comes with certain challenges, comes with certain issues. And that's what Job addresses in this chapter. He says, man that is born of woman is a few days and full of trouble. He cometh forth like a flower and is cut down. He fleeth also as a shadow and continueth not. Job is basically saying that our here is swift. Our here is quick. Our here doesn't last very long. Uh, we've stated many times how quickly um, life goes. I think, you know, when, um, when you're younger, you just can't wait to be older. You can't wait to, you know, I couldn't wait to be old enough so I could start to drive. I couldn't wait to be old enough to have my own house. I couldn't wait to be old enough. And guess what? You get to a certain age and where you can't stop thinking about how great it would be to be young again. Um, you know, but that took forever. Christmas used to take forever to come as a child. You know, you just couldn't wait. School seemed to be so long until you got to the summer and then you go into the next year and that time from September to December just lasted forever. Now you think, we just had Christmas. What do you mean Christmas is like a couple of weeks away? We just, we've only just put the tree away. But that's what it feels like. It just feels so quick. Um, I said a couple of weeks ago, you know, this was before I was 50, and now I'm 50, I said, if you had one holiday every year, and I lived till I'm 70, I got 20 good holidays left of me. And when you put it like that, you think, that's not a lot, is it? It's like, that's gone, that's gone really, really quick. But Job told us that our life is like a flower that blooms, you know, um, you notice that sometimes, Um, we used to have a cherry blossom tree in our house in in Pencoig, and I loved it, and I hated it. Because it would bloom and you think, oh my days, that is stunning. One gust of wind and then there'd just be like petals all over the garden, all over the driveway, everywhere. It didn't last two seconds. Uh, I think, the, is it the camellia or the azalea? I think one of those trees is the same. We had one in the garden, I cut it down because it just used to do my head. And the flower would come and I'd be like, oh Joe, look, the flowers are, oh they're gone. <laughs> it don't last. And that's what Job is saying our, our life is like. You know, they just don't, our life doesn't last. It is so quick so the importance for us as believers is to not waste our time while we're here because it is so um quick psalm 39 5 the lord says behold i was made my days as a handbreadth and mine ages as nothing before thee verily every man at his best state is altogether vanity james um, puts it this way that our life is like a like a vapor uh, it's just like a breath it's 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 just such little time and then it vanishes away and the psalmist says for a thousand years in thy sight are but as yesterday when it is past and as a watch in the night thou carriest them away with a flood they are asleep in the morning they are like grass which groweth up in the morning it flourisheth and groweth up in the evening it is cut down and withereth so teach us to number our days that word number there is from the hebrew word mono and it means to count to prepare, to reckon, or to assign. The Lord doesn't want us 
wasting our lives. We are to live each day to the best of our ability. You know, we've prepared for eternity. And we know that if Christ was to return now, we know as believers in Christ, if we were to die right now, we'd be with him. But then we can still, as believers, even though we've prepared for eternity, we can still waste our time um, as believers. I remember when, you know, when the Lord was uh, calling Joe and I in the ministry, there was this overwhelming feeling that as good as our jobs were and as well paid as they were, there was just something unfulfilled. Um, We didn't feel like we were achieving anything. We didn't feel like, you know, we were, I don't know, we're just going through the motions of working and and as hard as the ministry is and as lonely as the ministry can be sometimes and as tough as it can be from a spiritual point of view, wouldn't change it for the world. Um, And the Lord is just asking us to number our days to make sure that we make the most of every opportunity. That doesn't say that every single person has to give up work and go into the ministry. The Lord's not put that call on everybody's life. But what he's called us to do is to be a witness wherever we are, not to waste our time, to redeem the time, to number our days, to prepare, to make sure uh, that whatever we do, we are a witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, I said, I think I mentioned it Sunday, about the the passage of scripture people often quote, um, you know, when you talk about age, they always go to Psalms and say, ah, three score years and ten, you know, if we live till seventy. And I get that that might be a good marker, um, but that's not what Moses was talking about. That was how old people were going to live in the wilderness. Um, and that was Psalm, verse nine, uh, Psalm 90, verse 10. Uh, and you know, we might live longer than that. We might live longer than 70, 80. Um, with all the medical science we have today, you know, um, some people perhaps... I know some people want to be cryogenically frozen. I don't know if Michael Jackson or Walt Disney is cryogenically frozen somewhere, but um, there's a desire to just keep going and going and going, and and we might live longer. There was a guy who died in the 1600s, uh, and I had to Google this just to make sure when I read it, it wasn't, um, you know, it wasn't nonsense, and obviously because Google said it must be true. He lived till 169. Uh, I think he died in 1670. And that was Henry Jenkins. Thomas Parr, uh, who died in 1635, lived to be 152. Um, you know, so we might live till our hundreds. We, we might not live, you know, another 24 hours. Uh, if we do live till 70, let me put it this way. If we live till 70, you will have 25,571 days. Because you've got to you've got to add in a, a leap. If you're thinking and you're going to do the math after, well, 365 times 70 doesn't come out to that. You've got to do 365.3, there or thereabouts. So if you live till you're 70, you live 25,571 days. So um, I'm 50 and two weeks. Now. I am 50 and two weeks. So I've already lived 18,284 days, which means I've only got 7,287 days left. They're the people here over 70 going, oh, blame me, we are on borrowed time. <laughs> and I'm saying all of that to say this, it just puts things in perspective. And we recognise how brief our life really is. Uh, and, you know, yeah, James is right. Our life is like a vapour. Uh, and the psalmist is right. As a result of that, we should number our days. We should um, prepare because 
Um, first of all, people need to prepare for eternity because you're not guaranteed tomorrow. And once we are saved, then we need to make the most of each and every day. But not only is our life here swift, our life here is stressful. Um, Job says, man that is born of woman is a few days and full of trouble. Our days are not only few, but they are um, troublesome. The word trouble literally means turmoil, agitation, raging and trembling. And when we think back on our life, um, and let me say this, probably for the most part of our lives, pleasant things have happened to us, good things have happened to us. But why is it that we always remember the bad things? And no matter how many good things have happened, sometimes the, the bad things really overshadow the good things. Um, and, you know, it's strange that those are the kind of instances and those are the days that stick out in our mind. Uh, and thank the Lord we don't have to deal with trouble every single day. And I'm thankful, and I've heard so many people say, when they've gone through illness, when they've, they've battled with cancer, when they've had a bereavement, when they've said the same thing, I'm glad I've got my faith. I'm glad the Lord has given me the strength. I couldn't do this without the Lord. I couldn't get through this without him. I couldn't do this without his comfort, without his strength. And Isaiah says, when thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, Thou shalt not be burnt, neither shall flame kindle upon thee. God has promised to guide us through those difficult times. I'm thankful that the Lord said, look, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. You know, Lord, I'm with you always, even until the end of this world. Uh, our here is, is swift. It is um, a few days. Our, our here is full of trouble. But while we're here, we still have to battle with sin. Job said in verse 4, Who can bring a clean thing out of an unclean? No one. In verse 16, he says, For now thou numberest my steps, dost thou not watch over my sin? You know, Job recognised that he was a sinner. He wasn't claiming to be sinless. He wasn't claiming um, to be a person who was above Reproach. He was simply asking the question, why has this happened to me? You know, even though uh, we are saved, we're still sinners. Can somebody bring an unclean um, out or uh, bring a clean thing out of an unclean thing? We can't cleanse ourselves. That is an impossibility. That's why Christ died upon the cross, so that we could be um, fully cleansed. No man um, can um, do away with his, his wickedness. Only Christ can do that. Isaiah said we are as an unclean thing. All our righteousnesses. Uh, that means all our good deeds. All, all the things that we try and do. Are as filthy rags. Um, but the, the comforting thing is. Is that our here is actually settled. Um, Job says this in verse 5. Seeing his days are determined. The number of his months are with thee. There was a point at his bones that he cannot pass. And we read in verse 16 about him numbering his steps. Uh, Job says our days are determined. That's from a Hebrew word which literally means to be decided. 
um, to be um, to sharpen, to cut, to decree. It was the same word used when an engraver would carve his image into stone. God has engraved his plan for our lives in the sands of time. God knows how many months we've got. God knows how many days we've got. The Bible says it is appointed unto man once today, but after this, the judgment. And the Lord knows that. Uh, Job also said in chapter 7, Is there not an appointed time to man upon the earth? Are not his days also like the days of a hyaline? Uh, the psalmist said, Lord, make me to know mine end and the measure of my days what it is, that I may know how frail I am. People might not acknowledge God's authority over their lives, um, but whether they like it or not, God's the one who's in control. You know, it's interesting, and, and we've said this before, you know, when things go wrong in the world, people are quick to blame the Lord for it. Um, I, I don't, I'm not a football fan, you know, I don't really follow football at all, and um, even less, um, like, women's football. But there's, in the news recently, there's been an American football player, I think her name is Rabino or something, or Rabino, or, and she's quite vocal uh, about certain things. And her last game of football... Um, she got injured and came off the field. You know, Alan, Alan Wynne Jones ended his career to a stand innovation and, you know, a champion of the sport. And this woman um, ended her career being injured, not being able to play a full game. And this was her response. My injury is proof that there is no God. And I'm like, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. You know, when you think of people who serve the Lord... In the Old Testament, when you think of people who followed the Lord, um, they didn't go through life with, with no pain and no sorrow and no heartache and, you know, no um, illness. You, you know, you look at Paul. Um, Paul would certainly be a person who would be against the, the health and wealth gospel that's propagated today to say that if you trust Jesus, all your problems will go away. Um, but people don't like to acknowledge the fact that God is in control. Um, they don't like to acknowledge the fact that God has a say um, with what goes on in, in the world today. Um, people have a choice to accept or to reject the Lord Jesus Christ, and that's up to them. The Lord is not going to force himself on anybody. Um, but just like our time is set, so is theirs. It's appointed under man once to die. After death, there's judgment. You might say, oh, well, surely we won't be judged because, you know, we saved. We'll still stand before the beamer seat of Christ, um, which is a different kind of judgment seat. But for the lost, they'll stand before the great white throne judgment. Um, so uh, our time here is set. So the, the point I'm getting at is this. Don't waste time. You know, when you say somebody did a, you know, a study once um, about, you know, how how much time we spend sleeping and how much time we spend working and how much time we have left. And I think you could probably add in that, how much time we spend on our phones. You know, we now live in a generation where people are... You, watch, you go to a restaurant, you watch family sat down for a meal, none of them are talking, there's three of them, mum, dad, kids, they're all on their phones. Um, i give you something, you can have this for free. The next time you go out for a meal, do this. Say, right, the first person to pick up their phone picks up the bill. 
Nobody would be on the phone. You'd be sat at that restaurant until they closed down. <laughs> but anyway, so how much time do we actually waste? Just making the most of every single day for the Lord. So here today, gone tomorrow. Job says, he cometh forth like a flower and is cut down. He fleeth also as a shadow and continueth not. In verse 10 he says, but man dieth and wasteth away. Yea, man giveth up the ghost. And where is he? As the waters fail from the sea and the flood decayeth and dryeth up. So man lieth down and riseth not till the heavens be no more. They shall not awake nor be raised out of their sleep. Oh, that thou wouldest hide me in the grave, that thou wouldest keep me secret until thy wrath be passed, that thou wouldest appoint me a set time and remember me. He says in verse 18, And surely the mountain failing cometh to naught, and rock is removed out of his place. The waters where the stones, thou washest away the things which grow out of the dust of the earth, and thou destroyest the hope of man. Thou prevailest forever against him, and he passeth. Thou changest his countenance, and he sendest him away. His sons come to honour, and he knoweth it not. And they are brought low, but he perceiveth it not of them. But his flesh upon him shall have pain, and his soul within him shall mourn. The difficult part of um, dealing with death, especially um, death of people um, that we uh, love, that is a fact of life. And that's hard. Um, It's hard when you come to those stages of life to say goodbye uh, to somebody that means so much. Um, And we are like a fading flower. We're here today and gone tomorrow. Uh, We're like the swift shadows that vanish into the darkness of the night. And our time on earth, uh, one day, will be over. Everybody, you know, we'd say that old adage, 10 out of 10 people die. Um, there's coming a point where, uh, where we die. And Job asks, where is a man after he gives up the ghost or after he dies? You know, where does he go? Um, but a man dieth and wasteth away, yea, Man giveth up the ghost, verse 10, and where is he? And that's a very important question. And that's still a question that people try and answer today. And and the one way people get around it for um, not wanting to think about God or not wanting to think about eternity is just to say, well, when you die, it's like you're sleeping. You know, there's nothing. Um, You know, that's what the, the Jehovah's Witnesses will tell you, that there's just nothing after life. And... When you die, you die, and that's it. And my point then is, is well, so if that's the case, what, what have you got to offer me that's, that's any better than that? Because if that's the alternative to you are offering, and mm. when you die, you die, and there's nothing, then surely that'd just be easier for everybody, wouldn't it? <coughs> um, but we realise that's not the case. Uh, in the Old Testament, um, the spirits of those who were wicked went to a place called hell. Now then, um, when we read hell in the, in the Bible, we automatically think of the place of eternal torment. And that's not what hell is. Um, we kind of think um, from probably cartoons that hell is this place where there's you know, like cave-like place which has got a couple of fires here and the devil's walking around with a pitchfork as the boss of all things. Um, but hell in the Bible is, is not that place. Um, hell is another word uh, used is Sheol um, or uh, Gehenna um, or Hades 
It means simply invisible or unseen. Um, it is a place where the dead reside. Before the time of Christ and during his ministry on earth, we know from Luke's account and when the Lord talks about the Lazarus, Lazarus and the rich man um, that hell um, was in the heart of the earth. Uh, that when people died, uh, they went to Hades and Hades was divided into two areas. One was where the wicked went, which is where the rich man ended up, and one was where um, the righteous went. Um, and the, we saw the Lazarus in Abraham's bosom. And even though there was a gulf separating them, um, both parts could, um, could see uh, one another. To this day, those who die without Christ still go to that part of Hades. They still go to that part which we refer to as hell. But that's not the place of eternal punishment and eternal torment. Um, so when um, people, whether they're good or religious or, you know, um, better than maybe some of us here, it doesn't matter. If they die without Christ, then they go to this part of Hades. Um, you know, some say that that place is in the heart of the earth. Uh, Isaiah says, therefore hell hath enlarged itself and opened her mouth without measure and their glory and their multitude and their pomp and he that rejoiceth shall descend into it. I've even heard some um, people recommend, or not recommend, but have a hypothesis that the reason that the planet is warming up a little bit is because hell is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And if hell has enlarged itself and it's in the heart of the earth... I'm not saying that is the case, but, you know, there we are. Um, so, all of those in this place called um, hell, that we, you know, we refer to as hell, that the Bible calls Hades or Sheol, um, they will one day go into the lake of fire. Uh, and that's what Revelation 20, uh, verses 10 to 14 talks about, that the death and hell shall give up the dead. They come before the great white throne judgment, God then judges them based on their sin and that determines the level of punishment. They are then cast into the lake of fire and they then spend eternity in that place, the lake of fire. All the righteous dead, um, those who've died trusting in God, those who've died looking forward to Calvary and they went to the paradise part of Hades and we looked at this I think when I did a, um, a seize on ministries of interruption, uh, when we looked at um, Abraham and we saw all the, the, the righteous coming into that part of paradise. And remember, we're told that Christ led captivity captive. Um, Christ uh, went there, took the righteous souls out of the paradise part of Sheol, Hades, and now when we die... We are with Christ. Ephesians 4.8 says, Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Now that he ascended, what is but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above the heavens, that he might fill all things. Christ said that he was the one that liveth uh, and was dead, but behold, I am alive forevermore and have the keys of hell and of death. Um, when we die now, 
Paul says we are confident and willing rather to say to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. They couldn't say that before the cross. Absent from the body, they were in the paradise part of Hades. But today, because Christ has led captivity captive, because he's conquered death, hell and the grave, to be absent from the body now is to be present with the Lord. Um, he that believeth on the Son, John 3.36 says, hath life, hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. So we are here today, gone tomorrow, but even Job, remember now, there's no scriptures written by the time of Job. He hasn't got the Pentateuch, he hasn't got any of the Old Testament, certainly got none of the New Testament, but even Job had a hope of a resurrection. Um, here today, gone tomorrow, and back again. Verse 7, Job says, For there is hope of a tree, if it be cut down, that it will sprout again, and that the tender branch thereof will not cease. Though the root thereof wax old in the earth, and the stalk thereof die in the ground, yet through the scent of water it will bud and bring forth boughs like a plant. In verse 14, he says, If a man die, shall he live again? All the days of my appointed time will I wait till my change come. Thou shalt call and I will answer thee. Thou wilt have a desire to the work of thine hands. For now thou numberest my steps. Dost not thou not watch over my sin. My transgression is sealed up in a bag. And thou sowest up mine iniquity. So just as the tree is cut down. If, you, if you've ever done that. Um, you know where you've cut something down in the garden. You thought aha. Got rid of that. And then all of a sudden. You notice it in. I also used to notice on the Broadway. Remember when I used to cut down all the tops of the trees in the Broadway? You think, oh, blame me, they've killed all of them. And all of a sudden, these, these little branches start sprouting off them. And that's basically what Job is saying there. Just as a tree is cut down, it sprouts again. And Job is expressing his hope for uh, his resurrection. He desired that the Lord let him rest in the grave until his anger's passed. And then after that, that the Lord would raise him up. If a man dies, shall he live again? And that's what Job was hoping for. He was hoping for that resurrection. He was uh, recognising that such hope was going to get him through those struggles, was going to get him through that pain, was going to get him through um, that time. Uh, and even death, even though he realised that he was going to face death, there was a hope that there was a resurrection waiting for him, that, um, you know, because uh, of his redeemer. And, um, he said in uh, Job 19, For I know that my redeemer liveth, and shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. And though after my skin worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh I shall see God. Not in my spirit, not from a spiritual sense, yet in my flesh I shall see God whom I shall see for myself, and mine eyes shall behold, and not another, though my reins be consumed within me. You know, one day we will be resurrected. Uh, it's the old adage, isn't it? You know, they say if you are born twice, you'll only die once. But if you are born once, you will die twice. Um, it says that death and hell gave up the dead, and they went before the great right throne judgment, they were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. Um, but we will be resurrected. When Christ returns for his church, the dead in Christ will rise first. And then we which are alive remain be caught up to be with the Lord in the end. You might say, well, 
we haven't died. And because we're alive, there'll be no resurrection. Um, I don't know about you, but the reason that aeroplanes are pressurised up in the air is because um, we couldn't survive without it. Um, I can't prove this, but I think in the process of us being raptured, we will in turn die, be resurrected in a moment, and then we'll be fit for heaven because the Lord will give us a new body, a body prepared to last for eternity, a body to be able to stand before the Lord. No man shall see God at any time and live. Um, you know, the Lord told that to Moses. So oftentimes, I, I think we, when we go into a time of trouble, we are so focused on what's going on with us that we can't see any hope beyond that. Um, but even though Job is going through all of this, what kept him going was the Lord's supremacy in everything. We looked at that in the, in the previous chapter. Uh, what kept him going was knowing for the fact that he was going to see God in the flesh, that one day he would be resurrected. Paul hasn't, the, you know, Paul hasn't talked about the rapture of the church. Paul hasn't talked about the resurrection of the saints. You know, Job hasn't got any of that. But he knew that his redeemer was alive. He knew that one day, even though he was to die, he would see God in the flesh. Um, and we are here today, gone tomorrow, but we'll be back again. One day we will come back to the earth to rule and reign with the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, we one day we will get to spend eternity with him in new bodies that don't fail. In new bodies that won't need any more hip replacements or knee surgeries or hearing aids or glasses or false teeth. Or We'll have bodies which are perfect. Right now we live in a world that's full of pain and it's full of heartache and it's full of sorrow and it's still full of sin. But one day the Lord will take us away from all of that and we'll be with him forever. We'll return to the earth where we'll get a chance to live in, on, a, on the earth as the Lord intended. Um, you know, when he created the earth in the first place and he created Adam and Eve, the intention was for man to literally walk with God in perfect fellowship. And one day we'll get to experience that. And one day we'll be with the Lord forever. Uh, and you know that can keep us going when we feel like things are getting on top of us and we feel like we can't cope and when we feel like this is just not worth it and when we feel like everything is overwhelming. We know one day the Lord will come back for us. He's, he's got it all worked out. Our time is set. Our future is secure. And our home is absolutely perfect the one that he's prepared for us Amen. and Job could see that before he even had a bible in his hand it's interesting when you read Job's responses to his friends you can see and hear and feel the frustration when he says to his friends you're, you're belittling me and you're you know, you're making me out to be an idiot and you haven't got all the wisdom and you, oh, you can just feel that frustration. And then he stops looking at his friends and he starts looking to the Lord. 
And you can literally hear the change in how we speak it. Just keep focused on the Lord. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Father, we thank you again for this time together today and for this opportunity to come around you a word, Lord. And we are just so grateful uh, for Job's wisdom in these matters. We can't even begin to understand the pain and the heartache that he was going through. We can't even begin to understand the frustration he felt uh, with his so-called friends belittling him. Uh, But Father, when he turned his eyes upon you, you can feel that strength uh, coming back into his bones. You can feel uh, the fire returning to his belly, as it were. So Lord, would you just help us to keep our eyes fixed firmly upon the Lord Jesus Christ? Because when we look at the things of the world, when we look at our circumstances and our situation, uh, we lose focus of, of you. Uh, Father, we, we don't want to do that. We want the strength to get through the trouble we face, but we can only do that when our eyes are fixed firmly upon you. So help us to do that, Lord, and help us to recognise that one day you will indeed uh, return for us. One day we will see you face to face. One day we will get to spend all eternity with you, and we'll praise you for that. So Lord, would you help us not waste our time Would you help us to make every day count for the Lord Jesus Christ? For it's in his name we pray and ask these things. Amen. Amen. Amen.